goodness, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you, I hope you are having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today is Friday, March 30th. Oh my goodness, it has been a busy week. It's going to be a busy weekend. I'm doing a baseball game tomorrow. I'm also helping out in the t- on the TV show tomorrow. Woo, you can hear my line later. I'm, doing a, I'm lying in the show. That'll be cool. It's going to do a movie podcast on Sunday. It's going to be a crazy weekend. I'm about to see Ready Player One in a couple minutes. It's going to be awesome. Been busy, but very excited. I want to start with this. Who is the biggest star in this year's NFL draft? It should be easy. Because it's it's a landslide. It by a mile, it's not even close. Lamar Jackson is by far the biggest star in this year's NFL draft. He's like he's like the next Cam Newton or Russell Westbrook. He's one of those guys. Everybody has an opinion, everybody loves him. People feel very strongly about Lamar Jackson. He's polarizing. And look, I'll be honest, I, I watch interviews with uh, with Lamar Jackson on Dan Patrick, and I'm like, man, I like this guy. Lamar Jackson's honest. He's relatable. I, I like Lamar Jackson. And, and Lamar Jackson recently has made decisions that I support and some decisions that I don't. So we're going to discuss those. So first, Lamar Jackson decided not to run the 40-yard dash at the combine and then again at his pro day. He said, I'm not going to run the 40-yard dash. Who cares? Who cares? Does anybody think Lamar Jackson is slow? No. Why do, we, why do we need a number to quantify how fast Lamar Jackson is? We all know how fast he is. He's incredibly fast. You can't tackle him. So I think it's still, I think people are freaking out a little bit outraged, a little bit, uh, they're, they're overreacting when they hear that Lamar Jackson decided not to run a 40-yard dash. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. Look, I probably would have ran. If it was me, I probably would have ran a 40-yard dash. I'm trying to show off all of my best skills. If I'm a great writer... I'm going to do the essay on the application because I want to show I'm a great writer. But I understand why Lamar Jackson did not run a 40-yard dash. Lamar Jackson's trying to prove I'm a quarterback. I'm not a receiver. I want to remove the stigma that I am a receiver. I have no problem with it. I really don't. I think Lamar Jackson is on a mission. He's saying, I'm a quarterback. Watch me throw. I want to take all the, the, I want to take all the eyes away from the running thing. And I think that's, I think that's right. I support that. Does, again, does anybody think Lamar Jackson is slow? No. Hell no. We know Lamar Jackson can run. He ran for 1,500 yards each of the last two seasons. He ran for 21 touchdowns in 2016, 18 touchdowns last year. Lamar Jackson is the best quarterback I have ever seen play the quarterback position. I don't care if he doesn't run a 40. It's just a number. What, he's going to run a 4-3? All we would hear about is how fast he is, how maybe he should play receiver. Lamar Jackson doesn't want the emphasis on his speed. Lamar Jackson wants the emphasis once again on how well he can throw the ball. Now, people are defending Lamar Jackson saying, well, of course he shouldn't run a 40-yard dash. Tom Brady's 40-yard dash doesn't matter. That's also stupid. So people are overreacting too far to one side and too far to the other side. Running is, without a shadow of a doubt, a big part of Lamar Jackson's game. But I understand the focus, trying to shift the attention away from his, his running ability. I get that. That makes sense to me. But his decision not to hire an agent, that's one that I, I, I don't like. Lamar Jackson decided he wasn't going to hire an agent. He hired instead his mom to represent him. Mm, 
you know, I, I don't I don't agree with that. In fact, there are reports now that NFL teams have had trouble scheduling meetings with Lamar Jackson. And there are some situations where you just go get help. You just spend the money. If my house is overrun by bugs, I'm not going to try to solve that problem with myself. I'm not going to say, hey, mom, you want to be my exterminator? I'm going to go get an exterminator. And I think some situations, they just require professionals. They require professionals to help. Not to mention, I, I don't like mixing family with business. I, I just don't know that that's always smart. An agent, if Lamar Jackson had an NFL agent, what he would have brought in is a guy who's already been through that experience. That is the benefit of having an agent. You have a guy who's already prepped multiple athletes for the draft. That's what you would get. Look, I, I love my dad. My dad is one of my closest friends, one of my closest allies. My dad's smart. He's a good businessman. I respect my dad. But if I was offered a contract to be a broadcaster, I'm not going to bring my dad in. I'm, I'm going to ask my dad, hey, what do you think? But ultimately, I'm going to go with my agent. I trust my agent more than my dad because my agent has been there, done that before. Doesn't mean you can't get opinions from your parents. Look, I get it. He trusts his mom. He wants to keep his mom. He wants to keep his business in the family. But I... I would have hired an agent if I was Lamar Jackson. Now, there's this thing that is just, it's ridiculous and it's driving me nuts. So Lamar Jackson scored a 13 on the Wonderlick test. Look it up. Look up the Wonderlick test. You can take it yourself. The Wonderlick test, what it is, is a, it's a multiple choice test that supposedly tests your IQ. People give it way, way too much weight. In fact, you know what I should do? I should film myself taking a Wonderlick test. I think that'd be interesting. But the point is, people give it too much weight. They say, oh, if you have a bad Wonderlick score, maybe you're not going to be a great quarterback. So let's look at the numbers. Because what I see is that the Wonderlick has no correlation with NFL success at quarterback. None. None at all. Here are the top five quarterbacks ever in the Wonderlick score. Ryan Fitzpatrick scored a 48 out of 50. Greg McElroy, Jason Moss scored a 43. Blaine Gabbert, 42. Drew Henson, 42. Moss, 43. The top five are quarterbacks. One quarterback has had some success, and the other four are quarterbacks you might not have even heard of. Until the ninth quarterback on the list, you don't even find a quarterback that's had massive success. Ryan Nassib, number six, 41. Bruce Eugene, who is that? 41. Hugh Millen, 41. Finally, at number nine, you get Carson Wentz scored a 40 out of 50. I think that says enough, but let's go even further. This is how much the Wonderlick does not matter for NFL quarterbacks. You ever heard of Terry Bradshaw? You ever heard of Dan Marino? Maybe you heard of Dan Marino. Oh, he's just his Hall of Fame quarterback. Randall Cunningham, Steve McNair. Yeah, Terry Bradshaw got a 16 out of 50. Dan Marino, 16 out of 50. Randall Cunningham, 15 out of 50. Steve McNair, 15 out of 50. The Wonderlick score does not matter does not affect how well you can read defenses does not affect how well you can throw a football can we look at tape can we just look at i'm so sick of all these you're nitpicking you're looking at every little reason you possibly can to tear a guy down it is driving me nuts people go out they watch josh allen's pro day and everybody overreacts oh my god did you see josh allen how well he threw in shorts Oh, nobody has ever won a football game in gym shorts. I'm sorry, that's the truth. If you ask me, Lamar Jackson is the fourth best quarterback in this NFL draft. 
Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield. Ding, ding, ding. Then you got Lamar Jackson. I put Lamar Jackson ahead of even Josh Allen. Some people say he should be higher. They're silly. People say, oh, you know, Lamar Jackson won a Heisman. How can you discount that? Uh, so did Johnny Manziel. So winning a Heisman does not mean you will be a successful NFL quarterback. Again, Tim Tebow won a Heisman. Johnny Manziel won a Heisman. Danny Werfel won a Heisman. Lots of guys win Heismans. That does not mean you'll be successful in the NFL. I would draft Lamar Jackson. He's not a bust. People are, people are overreacting too far to one side and too far to the other. Lamar Jackson is not the best quarterback in this NFL draft. And he's not a wide receiver. Stop overreacting. He's the fourth best quarterback in this, in this NFL draft. And, and I would take him. He's not a bust. If I'm the Steelers, if I'm the Chargers, if I'm the Saints. Oh, man. So if I already have a quarterback in place and I can get Lamar Jackson on my roster, I'm doing it. I am pulling the trigger. Yeah. I, I like Lamar Jackson. I think he really needs to sit behind a veteran for a year. You know, give him the Aaron Rodgers treatment. But Lamar Jackson, again, he's not the best quarterback in the draft. But for goodness sake, he's not a wide receiver. He's not a bust. He's a good quarterback. A quarterback that I would draft. I'd sit him for a year. In fact, if I'm Arizona with the 15th pick and I don't trade up, if for some reason Arizona doesn't trade up to try to get a quarterback early, I, I would very heavily consider drafting Lamar Jackson. You're in a great division. The Cardinals have no hope of winning for the years to come. I'd be like, look, we got to give the fans something to watch. We got to draft Lamar Jackson. And remember, the Cardinals have Sam Bradford. So until Sam Bradford's knee blows out again, Lamar Jackson can sit on the bench. He can sit and learn. And I got to point out, if Lamar Jackson slides in the NFL draft, it would actually help him. Imagine, imagine Lamar Jackson on the Pittsburgh Steelers. You got Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster. If you can keep Le'Veon Bell, imagine those pieces with a dynamic quarterback like Lamar Jackson. That would be terrifying. It'd be horrific. No one wants to play that. Now, the one thing that drives me kind of nuts is people compare Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. I don't think they're that similar. But Lamar Jackson could benefit by sliding in the draft the same way Deshaun Watson did. Deshaun Watson slid in the draft and ended up with the Houston Texans, which helped him. Let's be honest, he went to one of the best rosters in the entire NFL. If Lamar Jackson slides in the draft, it could very much help him. Imagine him with the Jaguars. Lamar Jackson's from Miami. Imagine Lamar Jackson with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, oh. Jacksonville would have a whole new meaning. Or imagine Lamar Jackson with the Steelers. My point is, stop overreacting when it comes to Lamar Jackson. He's not the best quarterback in this year's NFL draft. But he's also not a bust. Lamar Jackson's definitely a guy worth drafting. So relax, stop overreacting, and move forward. All right, I have a great podcast for you guys. I'm very, very excited. Uh, I, ha I made a big mistake on last week's, uh, on Wednesday's podcast that I'm, frankly, embarrassed about. But it's going to be good. We're going to address it. We're going to hit it head on, talk about it. We're also going to talk about the 49ers. What if Aaron Rodgers had gone to the San Francisco 49ers? Should the 49ers go after Rob Gronkowski? Should anybody. We're going to talk about Rob Gronkowski very much in depth. It'll be interesting. We're going to talk about Baker Mayfield, kind of what drives him, the chip on his shoulder. And, you know, we're also going to finish with a topic about the Browns. Really good. Some, a little bit of baseball. 
It's going to be a shorter show today, but you know, I'm in a hurry and it will be a good show nonetheless. I'm in a hurry. I have to go somewhere in a couple minutes. So this podcast won't get out till after midnight. I'm sorry. It's the way it is. It's been a crazy week. I, I sleep on the floor. It's my life. It's just what it is. Remember, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube as well as my best, most interesting clips. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Share it on Facebook, on Twitter, or on Instagram, whatever it is. If you want to help me grow this podcast, continue to share this with your friends. We're growing like crazy. We're still growing. It blows my mind every time I look at the subscribers. I'm like, Jesus, people still watch this show? It's awesome. makes me happy. I work really hard on it, and it's it's really cool. So I I appreciate that very much. Let's drink some water. Am I talking too fast? I'm not talking too fast. I hope not. I'm not talking too fast, he says quickly. (laughs) So there have been reports recently that Rob Gronkowski is on the trading block. Rob Gronkowski, the Patriots tight end. He's been a perennial pro bowler. He's fantastic. And there are two big names that have come up when it comes to Rob Gronkowski, the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams, two teams that potentially could go after Rob Gronkowski. So should the 49ers go after Gronk? Should the Rams? The answer is very, very simple. The Rams should go after Rob Gronkowski. The 49ers should not. Remember, these are two teams with different goals next season. The Rams are trying to win a Super Bowl next year. Well, the 49ers are trying to win a Super Bowl in about three years. Very different plans. The Rams are ready right now. Jared Goff is cheap. Jared Goff is about $7 million a year, which is relatively cheap for a quarterback. The Rams went out and signed Mark. They, they traded for Marcus Peters. They traded for Aqib Talib. They just signed Dominican Sue to a big $14 million one-year deal. The, 40, the Rams are going all out next season. The Rams are trying very hard to win a Super Bowl. And the timeline matches up. If you look at Gronk, Rob Gronkowski is very often injured. He probably has about two years left if he can stay healthy. So, do you know when you put Parmesan cheese on your spaghetti? I called it Parmesan cheese growing up. You put cheese in your spaghetti to make it, make it better. You add to it. That's what Rob Gronkowski is to the Rams. He's extra. You don't need it, but it makes your spaghetti a little bit better. But you don't need it to enjoy the spaghetti. The Rams don't need Rob Gronkowski to win games. They'll be okay. The 49ers, on the other hand, are still building. They're a franchise that's building something. They're on year two of a new coach, year two of a new general manager. They're building something. And you don't want to build around Rob Gronkowski. You don't want to build around a guy who's often injured. If he gets hurt for the 49ers, that would hurt their program. The Rams have other pieces. They'll be fine. And don't forget that if the Patriots do trade Rob Gronkowski, it's for good reason. That's what the Patriots do. Remember when they traded Wes Welker and he was never the same? They they traded him, got rid of him, whatever they did. The Patriots get rid of players and they're not quite the same after that because they get rid of guys right before it's too late. If I'm the 49ers, I would not give up a draft pick for Rob Gronkowski. I would use that draft pick to invest in your future because that's what's bright for the 49ers. Now, the Rams are different. Rams are going all out. The Rams are trying to win a Super Bowl next year. And so they should. They should slide all their chips on the table. We're all in on Gronk. We're going to use him because he makes gives us a better chance of winning a Super Bowl. 
So once again, the 49ers should not go after Rob Gronkowski, but the Rams should. The Rams can win a Super Bowl next year. 49ers are trying to build something so they can win a Super Bowl in about three years. And this brings up an interesting question. People often say, well, I got into a debate today, actually. You know, can the Rams win a Super Bowl? The Rams do have Jared Goff. And it's like, what? Well, Jared Goff is, I have tiers of quarterbacks. Jared Goff is a tier two quarterback. I said tier two quarterback. There's a, there, there's a hierarchy. The top tier quarterbacks can win a Super Bowl no matter what you put around them. That's Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson. Quarterbacks in the second tier are quarterbacks that can win a Super Bowl, but they need a little bit of help. That's Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins. And yes, Jared Goff is in that tier. Jared Goff can win you a Super Bowl. Of course he can. You just got to give him the support he needs. Look at Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins now has a great roster. He could win you a Super Bowl. And Jared Goff, for the Rams, has now gotten a fantastic, fantastic roster. I cannot wait to watch the Rams' defensive line. Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue, that's, that's horrifying. They're going to be amazing. They, they have a great defensive line, and behind it, they have great secondary. That's terrifying if you're playing against the Rams. You gave Jared Goff a great team, and Jared Goff is definitely a good enough quarterback to win you a Super Bowl if you support him with a great team. And that's what they did. Jared Goff can win you a Super Bowl. Don't, do not forget that. Mark my words. The Rams could very much win the Super Bowl next year. Drink some water. <clears throat> what is Baker Mayfield's strength? Baker Mayfield's strength is his undying belief in himself. And yet I read a report that said, basically said, the chip on Baker Mayfield's shoulder could be his undoing. Could be bad for him. No. No, 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 no. You're wrong. You are wrong. People are saying, you know, negativity in the NFL could be far too much for Baker Mayfield. Maybe he can't handle the criticism. No. As if an NFL stage is that much louder than Oklahoma. No. Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield has heard all the criticism he's going to hear, and he's just going to keep hearing it. I, I don't know why. I, I just don't get it. There are two big motivators for Baker Mayfield. Doubters? By the way, what was that? What was that? Like, was I seeing earlier? I don't, I don't know what that was. Regardless, there are two big motivators for Baker Mayfield. Doubters? People that doubt Baker Mayfield and Baker Mayfield's love for the game. Baker Mayfield's passion. But Baker Mayfield is a two-time walk-on. He's been doubted his whole life. Yet he dominated in college. And then even after dominating in college, even after winning a Heisman, people are saying the Jets should draft Josh Allen instead of Baker Mayfield. They watched Josh Allen throw in shorts, and they're like, nah, we're going to bail on Baker Mayfield. He's no good. First of all, can we get over the shorts thing? That's driving me nuts. If you look at like the Elite 11, only, only, only evaluates quarterbacks based on how they play in shorts, all these camps. Like I remember Blake Barnett, Ricky Town, these great quarterbacks from my class, totally busted. Ridiculous. Everybody's great in shorts. Forget shorts. Let's watch how they play on the field. Baker Mayfield's fantastic. And Baker Mayfield is likely to slide in the draft. That very much helps Baker Mayfield. Remember, the point is Baker Mayfield can handle criticism. That motivates him. 
Baker Mayfield's chip on his shoulder is not a problem. Think of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL. Tom Brady was too skinny. Slid in the draft. Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, they're too short. Ben Roethlisberger, he went to a small directional school. Aaron Rodgers, he slid in the draft. Everybody has something. Every great quarterback in the NFL found a reason to motivate themselves. And usually it's a chip on their shoulder. Usually, I don't know what in the world Peyton Manning says. Maybe he has too big a forehead. I don't know. But every quarterback found some reason to motivate themselves. Every, most quarterbacks have a chip on their shoulder. Every quarterback has a chip on their shoulder. And Baker Mayfield is not a problem. Baker Mayfield is anxious to prove everybody wrong. Again, the Jets want Josh Allen? Great. I dare you. That's, that's what Baker Mayfield's saying. Baker Mayfield's like, I dare you to giraffe Josh Allen. I'm going to go to Miami and beat your butt for the next five, 15 years. I, I do not doubt Baker Mayfield. And the chip on his shoulder, certainly. If you think that's a problem, you're out of, this, out of your mind, out of your gourd. I don't understand. So let's stick around. I talked about Aaron Rodgers. Let's stick with Aaron Rodgers. I saw a rant on Facebook yesterday. I know, I know, I know. I don't know why I listened to a Facebook rant. But it, but what I was reading was interesting. This guy was arguing, analysts are all wrong. He was talking about Lamar Jackson. So what he did was he posted what analysts said about Aaron Rodgers coming out of college. And another guy commented, you know, this is why... The 49ers were stupid. The 49ers should have drafted Aaron Rodgers. That's a bad argument. That is a bad, bad, silly argument. Aaron Rodgers became what he did. Aaron Rodgers became a Hall of Fame quarterback because he slid in the draft and because he went to the Green Bay Packers. Because he was embarrassed. Because Aaron Rodgers was embarrassed by going to the Packers, by having to sit behind Brett Favre, he developed that chip on his shoulder. Two things happened when Aaron Rodgers fell in the draft. A, he was given time to sit and learn football. And B, again, it developed that chip on his shoulder. If you watch Aaron Rodgers in college and then watch him now, he's a different quarterback. He throws differently. He's a different quarterback almost altogether. It's funny. Scouts called him robotic. NFL scouts said Aaron Rodgers looks robotic the way he plays football. He was. Aaron Rodgers was robotic. Aaron Rodgers played for a guy named Jeff Tedford. He taught quarterbacks to throw the ball a certain way. To hold the ball really high around your head. It looks really goofy. Go watch Max Brown, former USC quarterback. He throws that way. But Jeff, Tedver Jeff Tedford's way of coaching was my way or the highway. Look at every quarterback he coached. They all threw the same. They all had this dumb throwing style. They held the ball really high next to their head. And then if you watch Aaron Rodgers now, he doesn't do that at all. Aaron Rodgers did a ton of self-improving in his time off. Between the time that he was drafted by the Packers and then eventually started playing for the Packers, he became a different quarterback. So not, not only was Aaron Rodgers a different quarterback by the time he finally played in Green Bay, but I don't know that anybody could have succeeded in San Francisco. I, we've seen now Alex Smith. Alex Smith is a pretty good quarterback. Alex Smith isn't bad. And yet Alex Smith couldn't do anything in San Francisco. My belief is whoever played in San Francisco at that time was not going to succeed. 
I don't know. I, I just don't think... I think complaining that the 49ers didn't draft Aaron Rodgers is very silly. A, the, the personnel were not in place for anybody to succeed in San Francisco. And Aaron Rodgers completely became a different person, a different quarterback because of the experience he went through ending up with the Packers. I think it's silly to argue the 49ers should have chosen Aaron Rodgers. No, 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 no. You're wrong. That's silly. <clears throat> okay. Um, it is time for me to admit a complete failure by me. I did a topic about the Browns owner. It was a total dud. On Wednesday, it was a complete, absolute failure. It's very embarrassing. You know, my buddy does stand-up comedy, and he talks about how, you know, some nights he completely tanks. Some nights he's awful. And then he'll just go back the next day, try the set again, and make it better. So I'm going to do that. I know this isn't stand-up comedy, but I want a redemption. I really believe I had the right track. I just got to revamp it and really reword some stuff because I had the right idea. The idea is this. Jimmy Haslam has been the Browns owner since 2012. And he's been, in my opinion, a bad owner up to this point. In 2013, he fired Mike, well, he had Mike Lombardi, fired him after one season as a general manager. 2014, brought in Ray Farmer, fired him after two seasons. Sashi Brown fired him again. Then he brought in John Dorsey. 2013, he fired head coach Rod Chudzinski after just one season. In 2015, he fired Mike Pettin again as a new, another head coach. Then he brought in Hugh Jackson. Now, if you ask me, that is far too much movement. It's hard to form any sort of stability when you have that much movement within your organization. In fact, that's the opposite of stability. But I'm willing to give Jimmy Haslam another chance. I do believe Jimmy Haslam is changing his ways. He's on the right track. He's saying things I like, and I appreciate that. Because I believe people can change. I do. I'm willing to give him a second chance. I saw a quote that Jimmy Haslam is leaving football to the Browns head coach, Hugh Jackson, and the Browns general manager, John Dorsey. That, oh, that's such good news. That's great to hear. He sits in meetings. He listens. But, he, but the owner, the owner of the Browns does not offer his input. He just sits and listens. That's... That's great. That's awesome. Right now, I'm obsessed with a TV show called Hotel Hell. It's awesome. It's entertaining. It's my favorite show right now. It's got Gordon Ramsay, his accent, his anger. I think it's fun. I enjoy it. And I often see this. I see owners that have no idea how to run a hotel. They don't understand the hotel business. And Gordon Ramsay brings in a, a general manager or teaches a general manager to run the hotel for them. Because some general managers don't understand they need to leave it to the people who do understand hotels. Sorry, some owners don't get it. They need to leave it to the people who do get it. Owners should own. Leave the football to the football people. And that is what Jimmy Haslam is doing. So I, I'm moving right now. Right now, Jimmy Haslam is over here. He's a bad coach. He's a bad owner. Jimmy Haslam, right now, the Browns owner is a bad owner. And I'm going to move him into the middle. Right over here is where good coach, owners are. He's not a good owner yet. But I'm going to put Jimmy Haslam, the Browns owner, into an evaluation phase. It is the first step towards becoming a good owner. I like him. I, I think he's on the right track. We've seen owners do this before. Owners can change. We saw the 49ers owner change recently. He fired coach after coach after coach. And last offseason, 
He gave a six-year deal, respectively, both to Kyle Shanahan and general manager John Lynch. He said, I'm going to invest in these guys. I'm going to give my franchise stability and leave football to the football people. That is great. I like that. The same way the 49ers owner changed, so can the Browns owner. So Jimmy Howes and the Browns owner is in an evaluation period right now. All eyes are on Jimmy Haslam. Can he make it work? That's the first step towards going from a bad owner to a good owner. And and look, by the way, if the Browns show no improvement, if the Browns don't get better and they fire Hugh Jackson, that's not a problem. I mean, Hugh Jackson, the last two years in Cleveland, is 1-31 as a head coach. So if if they fire Hugh Jackson, I'm not going to criticize the Browns for more turmoil, more movement. But if the Browns go 5-11, and 11, that's an improvement. And that would mean you should stick with Hugh Jackson, in my opinion. We're going to put our eyes very closely on Jimmy Haslam, the Browns owner. How is he going to operate over the next couple of years, the next couple of months? But I do believe that Jimmy Haslam, the Browns owner, is on the right track. He's moving ahead. He's showing better ways. And I like what he's doing. I think the Browns owner, Jimmy Haslam is on his way. He's transitioning from a bad owner to a good owner. Drink some water. The 49ers made two signings recently. They signed a center slash guard, Weston Richburg. They signed him to a five-year deal worth $47 million. The 49ers also signed a running back from the Vikings, Jarek McKinnon. To a deal worth four, a deal for four years worth thirty million dollars, and this these moves shocked some people. They're like, oh, "How could you spend that much money?" I actually liked it. I I actually liked both deals. The Jarek McKinnon contract is front loaded, and look, the 49ers had a ton of cap space. They weren't going to sit on a ton of money. Here's what I like: the 49ers have their quarterback. So if they're going to spend a lot of money, I like them spending money investing in their offensive line. That's great. I would rather them spend money on Weston Richburg than some expensive receiver. Like, look at the Cowboys right now. The Cowboys are crippled by Des Bryant's contract. He makes more money than Le'Veon Bell. If you invest in your, your offensive line, that's good. That's not a bad thing. I like that. You got a starter on the offensive line. And you're showing, you're sending a message. Look. We value the offensive line. We think they are important to us. I think Weston Richburg, he's going to play center. They'll probably slide over Daniel Kilgore. It's great. It's a good move. And I don't think people realize how often offensive linemen get hurt and they're shuffled around. This is a good move. People, you can never have too many offensive linemen. That's why Joe Thomas was so, so incredible. He never missed a snap. And when he did, his career was over. I mean, the guy played every down. And that that is so impressive. That's hard to do. Offensive linemen often are injured, often miss a game here or there. It's rare you find the same offensive line starts all 16 games of an entire season. So I think it's cool. I think they're on the right track. Now, Jarek McKinnon is very interesting. Jarek McKinnon is a running back from the Vikings. He was a third-round pick. And some people felt like he never quite broke out. He never quite reached his potential. Well, you got to remember, first of all, Jarek McKinnon played quarterback in college. He played at 
Georgia Southern, he was a, a, a veer quarterback, which means Jarek McKinnon did run most of the time. So he was not a he was not playing quarterback the same way Lamar Jackson or uh, Sam Darnold plays. He was running a, a zone read offense, basically running every play. But regardless, I like Jarek McKinnon, and I think Kyle Shanahan saw something in Jarek McKinnon that he liked, and I think he said, "Hey, John Lynch, go get Jarek McKinnon. Go get this guy for me. I can mold him. I can use him." Look, I don't know what Kyle Shanahan's plan is for Jarek McKinnon. But clearly, he saw something he likes. I'm going to trust the great offensive coach. I'm going to trust that he knows what he's doing. Jarek McKinnon is a great, he's a fantastic receiving back. Go watch his highlights. I did. They're fantastic. And again, he played quarterback in college. That says he could run some pretty fun trick plays. I like Jarek McKinnon. I think he's a good one-two punch with Joe Williams. I think both signings were very smart for the 49ers. I want to give a shout out to David Fusio at NinersNation.com. I don't do any journalism. I just sling my opinions all over the place. Guys like David Fusio, I think I'm saying his name right. I would really be sad if I wasn't. Guys like him, they are the heroes of the world. They're fantastic. They do great journalism. Go read Niners Nation. It's a great website. It's where I get a lot of my information. They are a fantastic website. They're well run. I like them. I'm a fan of them. I have a little bit more left. Don't leave. Uh, but, it's, man, I'm excited. I'm, I'll be honest. I'm looking forward to the weekend. And I got to say, yesterday, opening day of Major League Baseball was whew, was fantastic. We saw three walk-off wins, multiple days with multiple home run guys, uh, like the White Sox, Matt Davidson. He hit three home runs in one game. That's crazy. John Carlos Stanton, he hit two home runs. His first at-bat for the Yankees, actually, he hit a home run. That's crazy. That's cool. Baseball needs this. Baseball needs to give me action, needs excitement. They need close games. They need home runs. Give me a reason as a casual fan. I'm very much more a basketball fan, very much more an NFL fan than I am a baseball fan. They need stuff like that to get me interested. Here's something that got me interested. Here's something that got me kind of invested in baseball. John Sterlings is a broadcaster. I believe for the Yankees, he was broadcasting the Yankees game nonetheless, he tried to say something in Italian. I don't know what he did uh, when John Carlos Stanton hit a home run. And people are attacking him. They're saying, oh, his Italian's terrible. He sounds like crap, yada, yada. I, I don't know why people are attacking this poor man. Look, he, he tried something cool. Lay off. He took a risk as a broadcaster. He failed. Oh, well, move on. I don't know. I think people are being too hard on him. As a fellow broadcaster, not, not a live broadcaster, thank God. I probably would fail at that. I feel for this guy. I feel for John Sterling. I think they're attacking him a little bit wrong. I saw another story yesterday. Shaquem Griffin. Remember, Shaquem Griffin is the he's the no-handed uh, linebacker from University of Central Florida. Was that offensive? I don't think that was offensive. I, you know, I, I slid my hand through my sleeve. At his pro day, Shaquille Griffin, Shaquem Griffin, sorry, Shaquem Griffin met with kids who had prosthetic arms. And, and that's just so cool. I don't know how anybody watches... Shaquem Griffin's story and doesn't root for him. I, I think he's just one of those stories in sports where you're like, oh, that's so cool. It's cool to see good stuff happening in sports. Now this weekend, I'm going to go see Ready Player One. I'm excited. It's going to be busy. We also got some college basketball this weekend. And I'm picking Villanova to beat Kansas. I think Villanova's been played in every single kind of game you can imagine. They survived their bad game, and I think Kansas is going to cool down a little bit. I'm picking Villanova to beat Kansas. Now, tomorrow, Michigan also plays Loyola. I, I, I guess I guess I'm picking Loyola. I really don't know. 
I mean, it, it's really a toss-up. I, I, everyone I know, all the guys I know that really know basketball better than I do, they say it's going to be a close game, so I have no idea. But I guess I'm picking Villanova to beat Loyola in the national championship on Monday, so there you go. Remember, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube as well as my best, most interesting clips. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Help share this with on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever it is. Help me grow the audience for Strong Opinion Sports by telling your friends about this show. My name is Zach Schaumler. That's all I have for today. I hope you guys have a great weekend. I'm very excited. Um, I'm going to start a movie podcast on Sunday. That's I'm nervous. I'm excited. It'll be fun. And I'm, I can't wait to see Ready Player One. I think it's going to be a good movie. I, 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 God, I hope. I hope it's good. So I guess with that, hope you guys have a great weekend. I'll see you guys again on Monday. But I'm bummed. Bam, we're done. <laughs>